Welcome to The Real Deal, the podcast where we have honest conversations about leadership, mindset, and real estate with first gens. I'm your host, Wendy Acosta, and I'm a first gen myself. In this podcast, I'll share with you my journey, my challenges, my successes, and my failures. I'll also interview other first gens who are making an impact in the leadership and real estate industry and beyond. Whether you're a first gen or not, you'll find valuable insights, tips, and inspiration in this podcast. So sit back and enjoy the real deal. Guys, I'm so excited for today's episode because today I have my dear friend Rosie Leva. Um, who is joining me for today's episode. Rosie is a certified professional recovery coach and former equity-focused K-12 educator. She focuses her coaching practice on helping LGBTQ folks and women of color navigate recovery from alcohol use with courage and self-compassion. Hi, Rosie. Welcome to the Wealthy Mindset Latina podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Hey, Wendy, thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm excited to be here. Yes. Um, So I know that there is a lot um, that we're going to be digging into um, in just a few minutes. But first of all, I want to start off by just getting to know Rosie Leva, right? I want to talk about I want to talk about you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your recovery coaching program? Yes, so I'm Rosie. I'm a queer Chicana living in the Bay Area, originally from LA. I'm a former educator. I've taught high school, elementary school. I've been a special education teacher, um, also a a general education teacher as well. And my own personal journey in recovery from trauma and alcohol use disorder has led me to become a certified professional recovery coach. Um, So what that means is that for me, um, I feel like I as being a recovery coach allows me to do my part in breaking the silence around mental illness and addiction. And as as you mentioned, as a recovery coach, I get to help women of color and queer folks specifically navigate recovery with self-compassion and courage. It can be, there's so much shame attached to addiction and mental illness. And in my practice, I um, really help my clients focus on self-compassion and courage as the way to, um, as a way to navigate um, recovery so that really we can live a life that that we're proud of. Right, yes, wow. Um, That's pretty amazing that you have been in all these different fields just around um, educating and serving communities and now with your own coaching program, specifically surrounding self-compassion, which I think a lot of us are, you know, um, unaware of how that can really come a long way when we focus on recovery with self, self-compassion. Um, I think that um, what you're doing is, I mean, it's, it's just so great and amazing to be able to come into these communities where I feel like there may be a gap of information. 
Can you explain to us why um, specifically recovery for you? I know that I know you have um, your own, you know, journey through recovery, but um, why is why is it so passionate for you? Yeah, for me, I feel like all of the work that I've done from being an educator to being an ed tech and now as a recovery coach has been rooted in serving my community and in um, disrupting um, cycles of oppression. And I see this work um, really aligned to that. Um, personally, I am in long-term recovery from complex PTSD, bipolar disorder, and alcohol use disorder. And I have right around six and a half years of continuous sobriety. And even being able to say that publicly has wow. taken a lot of work um, for me to, to just share that. But I, I do this because I know that this is where my healing lies around removing the stigma and the silence. That's where my healing lies. And I also um, have within my own family, there's a long history of alcohol use disorder, or alcoholism, uh, as it's also called, and also intergenerational trauma. And I've lost family members to yeah. this um, disease, to alcoholism or alcohol use disorder. So for me, doing this work is just, again, another way to disrupt intergenerational cycles of trauma and addiction. And as a queer woman of color, it hasn't been easy to navigate these spaces um, because folks don't look like me or they don't understand where I come from. So for me, in the work that I'm doing, I'm not only like bearing witness to my clients' journeys, but it's my way to hold this like compassionate healing space for them to really direct their own recovery journey. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think just you and I being Latinas and how we are, you know, we're raised with certain expectations around always putting like a tough face and being being the strong ones who, you know, who are not able to fully focus on ourselves and and healing, right? So I think that um, what you're what you're doing is is gonna be so impactful for for our community. Um, I know that sometimes we have to be able to know when when things are, are not serving us um, in a healthy way. So I guess that brings me into my next question. Um, how would you what guidance would you give to someone who or some of us who may be confused about whether our relationship with alcohol is healthy or not, specifically because we grew up with our, you know, our parents and just our aunts and uncles always having, um, always having, you know, tequila or, or, or booze around. And it was like a sign of like maturity, like, yes, go ahead. And, you know, but, but, now at this point where we where we are as women who are trying to um really find our purpose in life how do we know when when it when our alcohol use is healthy or not healthy yeah i i appreciate this question um and i think for me um and and for my clients I think oftentimes the first question that we ask ourselves is, am I an alcoholic? And mm -hmm. I think that question, especially in the beginning of our journeys, can be um, 
just not helpful because yeah. we can look around us and say, well, I'm not drinking like this Thea over here or that Thea yeah. over there. So really I must not be an alcoholic. And then that's just the end of our reflection into our drinking. Right. So I appreciate how you phrase this question in terms of our relationship with alcohol, because really that's where our focus should be um, in terms of examining our our relationship with alcohol. So some things that I think are helpful are one, again, starting with reflection. So how is alcohol serving me? And to be honest, we drink for a variety of reasons. Some of us drink to have fun. Is it allowing me to have fun? I drink to escape. I drink to numb out. All of these things. Drinking serves a function. So is it serving us? And sometimes it is. And, you know, the what I know about alcohol use disorder is that that doesn't last forever. So while, for example, drinking alcohol may allow us to have fun and just kind of like let go of any worries that we have for a short period of time, if we continue to do that, then, you know, dependence can increase in terms of alcohol. So asking ourselves, how is alcohol serving me? And then another question is, does drinking feel like it takes more than it gives? So at some point, if we're we're drinking is it taking yeah. away from our relationships is it causing conflict is it actually disconnecting um creating a space for us to disconnect from ourselves rather than connect and then yeah. another question is really asking like do i feel like i would have a better life if i never had to drink again and that those questions are all personal there's no i'm not going to say this is if you answer in this way this means you have a toxic relationship with alcohol because it actually doesn't matter what i think um, it matters what we think in terms of our own relationship with alcohol um Something yeah. else that can be useful beyond that self-reflection is then engaging trusted people and, and not people that will excuse our behavior, but somebody that we really trust and say, hey, I'm, you know, wondering about my relationship with alcohol. What do you see um, in yeah. terms of how I act when I drink and really asking folks that that we trust, not anybody, yeah. um, but <laughs> specific people that will tell us, you know, how it is. An and honest then, truth, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then, um, uh, beyond that, there's also engaging with professionals. So sometimes starting off with your primary care doctor, if you have access to healthcare and being able to just share your experience with drinking and see what um, information is provided to you in terms of resources. There are some harm reduction programs. There's some moderation programs where it's not based on abstinence, but it's really around moderation um, or based on your response to, you know, your your drinking behavior, they might recommend other programs. Um, there's also engaging with therapists and with recovery coaches as well to get that outside perspective. And that allows us to then start to navigate, yeah, this isn't healthy, I want to change my relationship, or I don't see any negative consequences yet, but I'm going to keep my eye on it, right? Like it's it's up to us, um, but it becomes more of, um, yeah. it's more connected to agency as opposed to just passively letting things happen, but really right. being present in right. examining our relationship with alcohol. Right. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
I, I loved how you just named, you know, the resources that are available um, that we can definitely look into for sure. Um, I read a quote recently that said, if you don't change direction, you may end up where you are heading. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us really have to, you know, like you said, really take into consideration how alcohol is serving us. You know, who do we become? What is it? do to us um when we're under you know the influence of alcohol um or any other substance um we may get obviously like that pleasure or joy of of having um alcohol but not necessarily a serving purpose so um everything in moderation <laughs> i think that um that what you said uh was really good um what what do you have any tips or advice for anyone who may be looking into um getting started with like recovery coaching or maybe just curious about it um and then how do we go on and set boundaries for ourselves around our decisions and around our 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 own family sometimes you know and our own friends um any any advice that you would give to people who are thinking about that yeah. So in terms of um, being curious about recovery coaching, there's the International Association of Professional Recovery Coaches, um, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of information about what recovery coaching is. And there's also a directory of recovery coaches. I am listed in that directory um, as I was certified through through that body. Um, but that's a way to also just explore the types of services that are provided. If someone is curious just about recovery in general, I think there are, I just posted some resources um, on Instagram um, in the past week and a half around just ways to get started um, because there is no right way to recover and there's different ways to just start and see what happens. Um, So one of the ways is engaging with professionals as I already mentioned today, um, but there's also a lot of different peer recovery uh, programs where you can attend meetings in person or virtually, and you can listen in. Um, You get to participate as much as you want to. If you want to just observe, you can observe. If you want to share your experience, you can do that. And there's, um, I think the most uh, well-known peer recovery program is AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. So there's meetings all over the world for AA. There's also um, programs that are focused on just serving women. So Women for Sobriety is another one. There are other programs that are focused on Buddhist principles, and you can attend those meetings as well. And I've I've listed them on my Instagram as ways to just start to engage. Um, In terms of recovery coaching and starting to set boundaries, what I do with my clients, I I think about two things. One is priorities and then accountability, because there's lots of different domains where we may need to set boundaries um, and that can impact our mental space, like relationships, work, family, um, finances, all of these different things and trying to set boundaries in these different areas all at the same time. 
time can be really overwhelming. So I help my clients to identify one area or top two areas max that would have the greatest impact on their recovery, either negatively or positively. And then that's where we start. And this allows the client to start to set boundaries in in one very specific area. Um, And what's great about this is that as we practice setting and maintaining, because that's the other most important piece is the maintaining yeah. the boundaries as we practice doing that in very um very specific domains then we actually like get to all, like that carries on to other areas of our life um yeah. without actually having to focus on every area at the same time but just right. focusing on one allows us to um start to grow and um start to influence other areas as well yeah yeah oh wow yeah i i love how you broke it down to like focus on one or two because it can be overwhelming to try to do everything all at once and try to you know want everything to work out perfectly and when you're just initiating so um let me uh let me just ask you one more thing because i follow i follow you on social media and i love all the content that you have been posting rosie um And I recently saw one that you posted and it was the question that said, no alcohol. And that really like stopped me. Like I had, there was like a, like one of those where I had to stop and read it. And and then it had the the carousel where it said, how do I have fun now? Like (laughs) a lot of us think that, you know, um, we connect having fun and alcohol together. And like, we don't know, you know, how to even explore any other areas without it. So um, yeah, I thought that was kind of like, it was curious for me, like, how do I have fun now? Right? Like, um, I just, I wanted to see what your thoughts were about that. Cause I know that was such a good post that you had um, where, where people really like, I'm like, yeah, how do we have fun? <laughs> we all want to have fun. Yeah, this was something that was really challenging for me in recovery, and I see it with other people as well, um, because drinking for me was a huge part of social gatherings. I, you know, karaoke, dancing, all of these fun things in terms of being around people and really the alcohol served to at that moment helped me to not be so anxious about what other people were thinking about me and all of those things so it allowed me to have fun in that way um and in recovery like social gatherings at the very beginning were really hard for me um i had to for me i didn't want to put myself in a situation where I would be tempted to drink. So I had to stop going to social gatherings for a period of time. It hasn't been, you know, in all of my recovery, but at the very beginning, that's exactly what I needed. And then there was a piece around, a huge piece around self-discovery. So like, If I want to have fun, what does that mean for me? How do I find uh, enjoyment now? And I do enjoy dancing and 
the first time I danced sober was super awkward. And <laughs> but then like I got used to it and then it was fun. And I just had to get over that first um, hurdle. And then yeah. I've also just gotten to like I'm getting I, I'm still getting to know myself and finding other things that I find fun. And what I discovered is, you know, having fun as with alcohol always involved people. And there was there is a piece of yeah. me wanting to be around people. So how do I do that in a way that's fun? And that included like going on hikes with friends, going um, out to lunch. Lunch is usually a safe uh, meal to have with people without booze, not all the time, but it's usually a safe place. Um, but that was where I was at in early recovery. And then also connecting with other people in recovery, going out with other people in recovery was also a way to still do the things that I had fun with um, that wouldn't allow me to be tempted to to drink as well. Yeah, yeah. And I really think it does lead to self-discovery. Like you get to find out more of who it is that you are, like, you know, and and really focus on, on um, enjoying the things that that you like, not more so for being in the crowd and following the crowd. <laughs> um, I yeah, that that's so good. Um, let uh, let me just say um, to the listeners um, that are listening today, Rosie and I are part of um, the same uh, coaching and mentor program called Courage Driven Latina that is mentored by Erica Cruz. And I just love seeing how Rosie is stepping into just new adventures here with her own coaching and recovery program. You're really um, going to be impacting so many lives, I think. And I really look up to you, Rosie, a lot because I love how you, you know, just hearing your story through her program um, has really encouraged me to continue my own journey um, and how you're you're here talking about it. <laughs> I, I really am so thankful that you're able to to be part of today's episode. Um, is there anything else you can tell us about your recovery program? Like, how can people find out more if they're interested? I know we'll be linking some information on the notes link um, below, but how do people get to find out more about your coaching program? Yes, yeah, so I work one on one with folks who are in all stages of recovery from alcohol use. So that includes folks who are questioning their relationship with alcohol and want to explore abstinence to folks who have gone to treatment and are in need of aftercare to sustain their recovery and also folks who are in long term recovery and feel that that novelty around recovery has worn off and um, need support to enhance their recovery. Recovery. Uh, my recovery coaching program is a six month commitment and we meet virtually once a week. And then I also provide um, support in between sessions through Voxer. So if you're interested, you can schedule a free consultation at rosyleva.com. And then you can also learn more about me and follow me on Instagram at I am Rosie Leva. Nice. Yes. Um... I think that um, as women in in leadership, and I think that what you're doing is part of being a leader in, in the community, we have to be able to like initiate rec um, healing, uh, healing our traumas of, of the past. I know every single one of us has a, a story, but init initiating that healing and, and recovery so that we can fully 
step into our purpose in life. Like I truly believe that if we don't take that time to really analyze and and take care of our needs, um, whether that be recovery, healing, any trauma or, or any anything like that, um, as far as mental mental health, um, it really can take a big impact on you know on our on our goals in life. And um, Rosie, I think that you're breaking all the social norms around our Hispanic and Latino community. <laughs> um, I, I'm like, again, I thank you so much for sharing all this information with us. What are, what are your goals? Um, let me just finish with that. And <laughs> Um, I always say like as individuals, we are strong, but I think as, as a community of like badass Latinas, we're even stronger. And I'm just so grateful that you are part of that community with me. And what are your goals for this year? Yeah, so I um, left my full-time job in November of 2022 to launch my recovery coaching program. So my goals this year is really um, continuing to build my practice, continuing to help people in recovery, women in recovery. And um, yeah, this year I'm focused on getting the message out and helping as many people as I can. And I do want to um, touch upon um this piece around our latino latinx community mm-hmm. um, around mental health and um for me you know we i see us as a resilient people and it, just thinking more globally you know we have survived hundreds of years of colonization and the the impact of hundreds of years of colonization has been brutal for our people Um, and we have found ways to survive we have found ways to also drown the pain and the trauma of colonization Um, we have uh, adopted ways that harm us and harm others however you know we have also found ways to heal and to recover and we are worthy of healing Um, for me closing this gap around mental health is really about moving as a as a people beyond surviving, um, but really being able to heal, to recover, and to live a life that we believe we are worthy of living. Oh my gosh, that is the perfect way to finish. (laughs) Those are just beautiful words. Um, Rosie, thank you so much. We will make sure that we put your information in the link description um, in the notes below so people can find you and they can reach out to you. Thank you for listening to The Real Deal Podcast with me, Wendy Acosta. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and learned something valuable that you can apply to your own life and business. If you like this podcast, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite platform. It really helps me reach more people and share my message. You can also follow me on social media and visit my website for more resources and tips on how to become a successful real estate leader. Until next time, remember you are the real deal and you have what it takes to achieve your goals. Stay positive, stay focused, and stay tuned for the next episode of the Wendy Acosta Real Deal Podcast. Bye for now.